Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 93, and we're going to do the readings for Wednesday, fifth week of Lent, and this is going to be episode 93. So uh, please subscribe and share to the podcast if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job. Please subscribe and share. And remember, there is a Facebook page called The Informed Catholic Facebook. And you can go there, leave some comments and uh, maybe some suggestions. If you have any questions, I will gladly uh, try to answer them if, if it's possible. All right. So let's begin with our prayer, the act of contrition. Please pray with me. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. And therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision, Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision. And Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, guardian of the Holy Church, guardian of the family, and terror of demons, pray for us. St. Peter the Apostle, pray for us. St. Paul the Apostle, pray for us. St. John the Apostle, pray for us. St. Mary Magdalene, pray for us. St. Monica, pray for us. St. Athanasius, Pray for us. St. Ambrose, pray for us. St. Augustine, pray for us. St. Benedict, pray for us. And St. Jerome, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. And St. Francis of Assisi, pray for us. St. Thomas More, pray for us. St. John Fisher, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil and pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Okay, so let's move along. And the entrance antiphon is from Psalm 18. My deliverer from angry nations, you set me above my assailants. You saved me from the violent man, O Lord. My deliverer from angry nations, you set me above my assailants. You saved me from violent, from violent men, O Lord. So, again, it's um, 
Yeah, it speaks to every individual uh, believer, every individual Christian, every uh, definitely all those who who feel they are persecuted or attacked. But also, it definitely speaks of Jesus Christ, who was persecuted who is the true just man, who is the true blessed man. All of us are blessed in him, men and women. We are all one in Christ and all of us, all of us find refuge in Christ. All of us have found our justification in Christ. All of us have found our redemption in Christ, our hope in Christ, our salvation in Christ. Um, we should always think that way. Whenever we pray the Psalms, um, get out of your head that it, the Psalms should be inclusive. Um, I think any, um, any Christian who looks towards Christ, I think anyone who is a true Christian will be orthodox and conservative and doesn't care if the scriptures are not inclusive and doesn't want them to be, because you know that if you change the scriptures, you you try to justify your uh, political correctness. You're only going to find um, causing damage because you will lose the true, the original meaning of scripture. There's a lot of people. I know there's a lot of bad Bibles out there that, that have used political correctness, inclusiveness, and the text completely changes. All right, let's, go on to our first reading. Okay, the first reading is from the book of Daniel, chapter 3. The Lord has sent his angel to deliver his servants. A reading from the book of the prophet Daniel. Okay, King Nebuchadnezzar. Is it true, Shidrach, Meshach, and Abintigo, that you will not serve my God or worship the golden statue that I set up. Be ready now to fall down and worship the statue I had made. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, flute, lyre, harp, uh, psaltery, bagpipe, and all the other musical instruments, otherwise you shall be instantly cast into the white-hot furnace. And who is the God who can deliver you out of my hands? Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar, There is no need for us to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If our God, whom we serve, can save us from the white-hot furnace and from your hands, O king, may he save us. But even if he will not, know, O king, that we will not serve your God or worship the golden statue that you set up. King Nebuchadnezzar's face became livid with utter rage against Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times more than usual and had some of the strongest men in his army bind Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the white-hot furnace. Nebuchadnezzar rose in haste and asked his nobles, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? Assuredly, O king, they answered. But he replied, 
I see four men unfettered and unhurt walking in the fire, and the fourth looks like a son of God. Nebuchadnezzar explained, Blessed be the God of Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel to deliver the servants who trusted in him. They disobeyed the royal command and yielded their bodies rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, let's read this again. A reading from the book of the prophet Daniel, chapter 3, verse 14 to 20, 90 to 92, 95. The Lord has sent his angel to deliver his servants. King Nebuchadnezzar said, Is it true, Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you will not serve my God or worship the golden statue that I set up? Be ready now to fall down and worship the statue I had made. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, flute, lyre, harp, psaltery, bagpipe, and all the other musical instruments, otherwise you shall be instantly cast into the white-hot furnace, and who is the God who can deliver you out of my hands? Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar, There is no need for us to defend ourselves before you in this manner. If our God, whom we serve, can save us from the white-hot furnace and from your hands, O king, may he save us. But even if he will not, know, O king, that we will not serve your God or worship the golden statue that you set up. King Nebuchadnezzar's face became livid with utter rage against Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times more than usual and had some of the strongest men in his army bind Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast him into the white-heart furnace. Nebuchadnezzar rose in haste and asked his nobles, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? Assuredly, O king, they answered. But he replied, I see four men unfettered and unhurt walking in the fire, and the fourth looks like a son of God. Nebuchadnezzar explained, Blessed be the God of Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel to deliver the servants who trusted in him. They disobeyed the royal command and yielded their bodies, yielded their bodies rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, the reading is from the book of Daniel again. It's uh, the prayer of the three young men. Glory and praise forever. It's from chapter 3, verse 52 to 53, 54 to 55, and 56. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of our fathers, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. And blessed is your holy and glorious name, praiseworthy and exalted above all for all ages. Praise, uh, glory and praise forever. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you in the in the temple of your holy glory. Praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. Glory and praise forever. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you on the throne of your kingdom. Praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. Glory and praise forever. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you who look into the depths. Uh, 
from your throne upon the cherubim. Praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. Glory and praise forever. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you in the firmament of the heavens. Praiseworthy and glorious forever. Glory and praise forever. Glory and praise forever. All right, let me go through it one more time. Glory and praise forever. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of our fathers, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. And blessed is your holy and glorious name, praiseworthy and exalted above all for all ages. Glory and praise forever. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you in the temple of your of your holy glory, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. Glory and praise forever. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you on the throne of your kingdom, praiseworthy and exalted above all, above all forever. Glory and praise forever. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you who look into the depths from your throne upon the cherubim, and praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. Glory and praise forever. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you in the firmament of heaven, praiseworthy and, ex and, and glorious forever. Glory and praise forever. Glory and praise forever. Okay, so the gospel verse from Luke chapter 8, verse 15. Blessed are they who have kept the word with a generous heart and yield a harvest through perseverance. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John chapter 8, verse 31 to 42. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to, to, to St. John. Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you remain in my word, you will truly be, be my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been a slave to anyone. How can you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Amen, amen, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave of sin. A slave does not remain in a household forever. But a son always remains. So if, so if, um, if the son frees you, then you will truly be free. I know that you are descendants of Abraham, but you are trying to kill. You are trying to kill me because my word has no room among you. I tell you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and then do what you have heard from the Father. They answered and said to him, "Our father is Abraham, Jacob." said to him said to them if you if you were abraham's children you would be doing the works of abraham but now you are trying to kill me a man who has told you the truth that i heard from god abraham did not do this you're doing the works of your father so they said to him we are not born of fornication we have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I come from God and am here. I did not come on my own, but he sent me. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you remain in my word, you will truly be my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been ens enslaved to anyone. 
How can you say you will become free? Jesus answered him, Amen, amen, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in a household forever, but a son always remains. So if the son frees you, then you will be truly free. I know that you are descendants of Abraham, but you are trying to kill me because my word has no room among you. I tell you what I have seen in the Father's presence. Then do what you have heard from the Father. They answered him and said to him, Our father is Abraham. Jesus said to them, If you're if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works of Abraham. But now you are trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham Abraham did not did not do this. You're doing the works of your father. So they said to him, we are not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me for I came from God and am, and am here. I did not come on my own, but he sent me. The gospel of the Lord prays to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. So let's say the, clo the closing prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our, our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Okay, St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And, and now, um, now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Okay, Queen of the Rosary. Pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. And all you holy apostles and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. All right. Let's review what we have here. Okay. So let's go back to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel chapter 3. It's the three young men who were thrown into the fiery furnace by King Nebuchadnezzar because King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the Chaldeans, the king of Babylon, uh, the Israelites, the Jewish people, um, their kingdom has been destroyed. They have been unfaithful to God. Infidelity. In the Bible, paganism and uh, is looked upon as infidelity, like you being unfaithful in marriage. Because the covenant, this is something that a lot of people don't understand in modern day because we don't live in the, the ancient mindset of the people of the past. Is that the covenant is marriage. It's a marriage. God gives himself to Israel. Israel gives give gives herself to God. God is the bridegroom. Israel is the bride. Jesus himself has described himself as the bridegroom. 
John the Baptist has described himself as the best man who rejoices at the side of the bridegroom because the bridegroom's wedding day has come. And this is, this is something we miss out. We don't understand this. That's why our baptism, our, um, our, our baptism, when someone gets baptized, when I got baptized, I put on a white garment. My, my priest put on me a white garment. It's my baptismal garment. In, in actuality, that was my wedding garment. I am getting baptized and confirmed and receiving Holy Communion. That is our baptismal vows, our baptismal vows that we do. We say every year um, at uh, Pentecost is us renewing our wedding vows, our wedding vows to Christ. This is something that, we, for some reason, we don't really comprehend it, because we 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 Catholics, sadly, ever since the nineteen sixty three uh, reforms, um, we've been Protestantized. This is why, when you look into the Catholic Church, uh, especially the older Catholic Church, the new ones not so much. But if you go to a really, really old Catholic church, like if you go to St. Patrick's Cathedral or like my church, my parish here, uh, the Basilica Regina Pacci, or if you ever go to, um, uh, you ever go to uh, St. Agnes, St. Agnes is designed in that traditional design. You will notice like uh, sometimes by the altar, it uh, there's a canopy. Like a wedding canopy, like the uh, or a uh, a wedding like a like a bedpost, with you know like the way when you see Jewish people getting married, they have a canopy. The canopy, which is like a covering, is representing God's covering, God's glory, God's hand over the wedding couple. Uh, if you look at the Orthodox of the East, they when they get married, the bride and groom actually wear a crown. And among the Coptics, uh, which is referred to as the Oriental churches or the uh, um, Oriental Orthodox churches, or even like in the Russian Orthodox Church, um, they they have a, they have a crown. The bride and the bridegroom have a crown, or sometimes they have what is a um, uh, rose crowns, uh, roses, a crown of roses, which is a crown. And because the man represents Christ and the woman is the church. It's, and you'll see in the older Catholic churches what looks like a bedpost because it is, the church is the bride, Christ is the bridegroom. This, this was literally taken seriously by the early Christians. They understood what the covenant is, the new covenant. That's why when you see in old translations, old translations, when Christ is giving his last cry, he is going to expire, you know, give up the, give up the ghost, give up the spirit. He says, uh, we have in the new translations, it is accomplished. No. In the th exact theological translation, the exact word he uses in Greek, 
which I mean the, the translators, the writers, the gospel writers wrote it in Greek. He says it is consummated. It is consummated as though he as though he went into the bedchamber and consummated it uh, intimately with the bride the 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 cross was seen is looked upon as an altar and a wedding bed remember he is the bridegroom he is giving himself to the church the church the church then we see this what happens on the cross the um the soldier who later on tradition refers to as Longinus pierces the side of Christ as God took the rib from the side of Adam. Christ is the new Adam. Out of his side comes blood and water. Blood and water. The priest at the altar, if you ever notice, he mixes wine with water. Okay, he mixes the wine with the water. It's there's a lot of marriage marriage symbols. There's a lot of Genesis symbols there. This is something that a lot of people have to learn. That's why if you look at remember um, when you see it in the uh, Book of Chronicles, um, the readings that we read later on. Um, I believe. Um, hold on. Fifth week of Lent, we're, uh, we're doing the, the readings here. Well, I'm having difficult finding it, but it's the second book of Chronicles where it uses infidelity. So this is why the exile happened because they were unfaithful to him. They practiced paganism. They practiced, um, um, you know, were of child sacrifices. That's another thing that got ancient Israel in trouble. What are we doing today? We, we look what we're obsessed with. Look what the devil is, is corrupting our, our minds with. We are a very highly sex culture where we're sex obsessed culture. We are now going into this, all this, um, uh, gender confusion, uh, this transgenderism, this, uh, this obsession with it, uh, wanting to corrupt children with it, uh, gay marriage, L LGBTQ. A lot of it, it seems is if you notice this constant obsession with it and a constant confusion and questioning about what makes a man a man and what makes a woman a woman is, is, is all this. And a lot of paganism, I think, and I do really honestly believe it. Paganism, as well as um, immoral sexuality, go hand in hand. Um, I believe, along with 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 homosexuality, because that is really what the heart is. Because the heart of paganism was a lot of infidelity. The heart of it always seems to to lead to to sexual immorality and everything. But what we see here, uh, Babylon is, Egypt was, was paganism. Babylon itself is, I think, the height of, 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 of the pagan, of paganism. Because remember, you had, 
uh, King Ahab with Jezebel. Jezebel brought in Baal worship. Jezebel brought in sexual immorality. And that's and and remember, King Solomon himself before that, he 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 prayed for wisdom. He got wisdom. But then he his weakness was was sexual was sex. He married pagan women, and the pagan women brought with them their pagan idols. So sex and paganism, sexual immorality, sexual and he and he and the more he fell into it, then he thought because because he worships only the one true God, his wives convinced him to pay homage to 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 their to their pagan idols to burn incense it oh eventually he let his guard down and that spread throughout all of israel because he is not just a king he's also representative of of uh, god he's representative of god and he's um, he's the bridegroom of israel and he's a father He's a king and he's a father figure and he's the role model. If the king falls into paganism and sexual immorality, then the whole kingdom falls into it. And what happened? His own sons, his own son grew up to be a cruel man. And all this led to this, what you see here. Um, Shidrach. Meshach and Abednego, in order for them to remain, to, to be, to be faithful to God, God had to humble them. And so he, he, he humiliated them by allowing them to be taken as prisoners. If they would not worship him at home with their hearts and minds and their very will and, and, and the very depths of their being, then they will learn to worship God in exile, in exile. Uh, you will see in a couple of days, there will be the reading for um, uh, Susanna and the elders. And Susanna, a young woman, married woman, who a bunch of um, uh, elders uh, who lusted after her, uh, tried to sexually assault her or force her to submit to their will. Uh, this, is, this is in the book of Daniel, uh, in the garden. Notice the garden. Again, that that thing they they hide like a bunch of snakes, and they wanted to force her to submit to their will. And again, you, you see, it 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 always involves uh, the 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 real the real worship of their hearts is their cruelty. Their real, you know, you'll see that it's it's it all it all builds up. It all builds up, and you'll begin to understand the typology of it. And here, these young men refused to bow to. Nebuchadnezzar's golden idol, which is probably an image of himself. And they refused. They refused to take part in the liturgy. Uh, here, when they, they, they will not submit when they hear the sound of the trumpet, the flute, the lyre, the harp, and uh, psaltery, which is like, I guess, psalms, chants, and bagpipe, bagpipe, and all other musical instruments. Otherwise, you should be instantly cast into the white heart furnace. And they refuse. And this interesting what Nebuchadnezzar burns, he, he fuels the furnace seven times more. Kind of like the covenant, basically. It's a covenant. The seven, number seven, 
Seven is a mystical number. Seven is the number of completion. Seven On the seventh day, God rested. And these men refused to worship the pagan idol uh, on, on this particular day. And they basically, which seven will it be? Will it, uh, will it be the false seven of Nebuchadnezzar, the false covenant of Nebuchadnezzar, the, the pagans? Or will it be the seven of... Uh, that is the covenant of God. That's what you're going to be. That's what basically this whole number, the number meaning. meaning. And so, um, and he cast, they got cast into the furnace and lo and behold, a mysterious figure stands in the furnace, which is Nebuchadnezzar says one like the son of God or son of a son of one like a son of God or I get, it is also some translations would say son of man, but the fire never touched them. It never scorched them. They never got touched. They were protected by this, by this being. And in, in the book of Daniel is where we see the son of man appear. In the book of Daniel, we will, hear, we will see Daniel's visions of one like the son of man from the ancient of days who comes to the one on the throne who is from, the, from eternity. And you will see that it's God before God, and then that's the image. This is the this is the image that Jesus uses um, on his trial. You'll see that later on in Daniel's book. So all this symbolism basically is what we're learning is idolatry is infidelity. It is committing adultery, spiritual adultery against God. These young men, these three young men, it's interesting, it's three. The three of them is a type picture of the Trinity. Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego are, are, are like are three witnesses, but also three testimonies to what God revealing, the, him, revealing himself as triune. And also the fact that they refuse to bow down to an idol made by man man worshiping man they refused their uh, this is in their captivity because israel in their captivity uh will be will be humbled and they will be they is like an act of penance they will worship god in exile exile from the land the land will be resting for 70 years because of israel's infidelity the land itself was never given a Sabbath rest. Every seven years, there's a Sabbath rest. Even to this day, the Jews practice the seven-year rest where they lock their businesses uh, for a short time. But of course, they couldn't farm on the land every seven years. This was to teach them for one year. For one year, they were not to plant or harvest anything. For one year. Okay, that's the way it was. Remember, there was a seven-year famine in Egypt under Joseph. There were seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine that followed Egypt. It was a global famine. It was, it's, it's seven is a number of completion, but it also could be a number of judgment. It can be judgment as well. Um... And then you see that, you see that here. And then they, they proved them, they, their faith, God proved them. God stood up for them. God protected them from, from the fires of hell, from the, from the attack of the enemy, from the satanic attack. Uh, 
Um, then, you know, then we have here was followed as their prayer. This is their prayer when they were, uh, I guess, after uh, because of the miracle. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, Lord, the, the God of our fathers, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. And blessed is your holy and glorious name, praiseworthy and, and exalted above all for all ages. Blessed are you in the temple of your holy glory, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. Blessed are you, are you on the throne of your kingdom, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. Blessed are you who look into the depths from your throne and upon the cherubim, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. Blessed are you in the firmament of heaven, praiseworthy and glorious forever. This is, this is their praise and thanksgiving to God. And then, now we got John's gospel. Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you remain in my word, you, shall, you will truly be my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are descendants of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you, how can you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, amen, amen, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. How many times we've heard that over and over again? Uh, how many times we've heard Paul make make uh, make that clear that the law, the law was to point out that they are under sin. If there is sin, then that's why there's a law. If there was no sin, there would be no law. And this is something that uh, that a lot of Protestants struggle with to understand that. Yes, but the thing is, Christ. Christ, liber Christ is our liberator. And, you know, how many times like a person has a guilty conscience? And that's, I think that's another thing. I think these days we have a, a really serious conscious problem. A lot of people don't understand what, what feeling guilty is because the culture is teaching people not to feel guilty uh, about things. Um, a slave does not remain in a household forever. But a son always remains. So if you, if the son frees you, then you will be truly free. I know that you are descendants of Abraham, but you're trying to kill me because my word has no room among you. I tell you what I have seen in the father's presence. Then do what you, you have heard from the father. They answered and said to him, our father is Abraham. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works of Abraham. But now you are trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham uh, did not do, um, did not, do, did not do this. You are doing the works of your father. So they said to him, "We are not born of fornication. We have one father, God." Jesus said to him, "If God were your father, you would love me, for I come from God and am and am here. I did not come on my own, but He sent me." I think that's quite clear. I think it's quite clear in the sense we really have to really look at us, look to having a complete, total, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Christ will liberate us. Christ is our liberator. Christ has liberated us. All we have to do is completely surrender. And all, I mean, we could look at the the three young men as an example of how we often feel oppressed and attacked, how everything around us, like, think about it. 
what we've gone through this year. How the churches were shut, were shut and how our own religious leaders, like a bunch of Pharisees, abandoned us. All right. They even persecuted priests who tried to go, who tried to, to behave as priests, to, to, to minister to people. How many of our brothers and sisters, our, our elderly, have been abandoned and not given the sacraments, not given last rites? All this with the, especially in New York, with the, the, the elder, the elders who were infected by this, by this virus, by this careless or cruel governor. I mean, we can relate to this and we can see that Christ, just as God sent his angel or could have been God himself, just the same, appeared and protected them from the, from the fires, from the flames. So does Christ come to our rescue in the furnace when we're, when we're put to trial, when we're put to the test, when we're cut, when we're afflicted, look to Jesus and he, we, he will always liberate us. All right, let's end it here. Um, we'll continue. All right. God bless.